0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, howdy, everybody. And isn't that an awesome new intro that we have? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas AM. And today we're going to be talking a lot about the offensive line. This is a unit that's coming back with all five starters. How will they be affected going into a prove it year with Kellen Mon under center? We're also going to talk a little bit about some injury updates. Yep, we have those, and unfortunately, they're not always that great. Plus, where in the world is Jamon Ospin? He hasn't been at practice recently. Jimbo Fisher actually answered that question in yesterday's press conference. And finally, it's Friday, which means it's time for two new players added to the list of our top 25 Aggies to watch for in the 2020 season. Before we begin, as always, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at LockedOnAggies. I am the host of the show and I always love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show a more quality-sounding podcast, I will take into consideration 10 out of 10. This is a five-day show. Yep, Locked on Aggies is back to being five days a week instead of three days a week. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. So if you listened to the podcast earlier this week, you know that I did my top 25 Aggies to watch for, and one of them was Baylor Cup coming in at number 21. Real fast, now that is going to be Caleb Chapman. This is a wide receiver who has a ton of potential, good size, good frame, solid hands, been in the system for now two seasons as a redshirt sophomore going into 2020. He's going to need to step up big as one of the multiple weapons for mod on the outside, especially if the news of Jamon Ozpin not being in practice is something leading to something a little bit negative, and also because of what I'm about to tell you. The name that was mentioned was Baylor Cup, and Baylor Cup was expected to be Right in the mix alongside of Jalen Widemeyer for a one-two combination at tight end that was going to be wrecking the SEC. Unfortunately, uh, last week he suffered a shoulder injury in camp that required surgery, and his mom posted it on social media. Well, yesterday's press conference, Jimbo decided to come out and declare what we already kind of figured, and that's he's done for the year. Uh, that's he, that will be a season-ending shoulder surgery. That will take at least four months to recover, so you won't even see him, even if there was a college football playoff and to come back. You know, he graduated early, uh, had great raves in spring ball. Uh, he has ended up going to, you know, come in early. He expected to be the immediate starter. It's a guy who now is injured prone. I mean, that's the only way to really put it. He's now suffered a broken leg, and he's also suffered... A, a, a shoulder injury a that, that has lacerations due to muscle tear. When you look back at Cup, this was one of the top prospects talked about in AM's 2019 class. Not only that, this is a name that when I spoke to some people from 24-7 Sports about him, this is one of those few tight end prospects that immediately earns that reputation of being a first-round conversationalist before he's even taking a snap at the collegiate level. That's how good of a talent Baylor Cup is. And to be without him once again, in a second season, you know, last year was fine, they redshirted him, now they can medically redshirt him if they really want to, but unfortunately, all that means is that if he gets hurt one more time, he's hurt. That's the end of it. Now, the biggest problem is, is that this was going to be one of those positional groups that I think AM was very excited for. They had talent. They had a blocker in Ryan Rennick. They had a multi-tooled in Jalen Widemeyer. They had a flex option in Blake Smith. And they had, I would say, a better pass catcher than blocker, but still well-rounded tight end as well in Cup. Cup's out. And also, Blake Smith is out. The freshman from South Lake Carroll. Now, according to him, he suffered an injury on his uh what was it his knee and they're fearing the they were fearing the worst so he had surgery as well according to the conference call from Fisher This is what he said Blake Smith is out and Baylor are out both are doing really well Baylor had a shoulder injury Blake had a knee both had surgeries one of them is actually having it today so hopefully it will be fine and the other one went really well to be ready to go in the future the biggest thing is when you look at uh, I, I would say Smith six foot four, two 266 guy who's probably in my opinion again what, what i've seen from him he does a lot better of a job playing in line and working upfield than he does as a complete blocker he's a loss in the passing game that was already in a loaded passing game of potential so i'm not really going to sit here and go into massive detail about what does the loss of smith mean it stings because of cup is out but it would also sting the opposite way well, Smith's out, so you really need Cup to step up because there's not really a secondary option. All I can say is that I had Jalen Weidemeyer coming in on my list at number 12 on our top 25 Aggies. He's got to be higher. He has to be higher because of now he is getting that much more pressure put on him as the potential number one target in a must-win season for AM. Can he live up to it? I think so. I think he's the most complete target out there. And I very much was very impressed with what I saw from Weidemeyer last year. The biggest question is, do you have sophomore slumps? Does it always happen? And if it does, is Weidemeyer going to be susceptible to it? A position that right now is also susceptible to not just injuries, but lack of production would be the wide receiver role. And that's where we're talking about Jamon Osman going into Friday morning. According to reports, he has not been in practice, he has not been around the facilities for the past couple of practices, actually it's been over a week, and it finally got asked in conversation at Fisher's press conference, was he still part of this team, did he decide to opt out, and he was waiting to announce his decision later, what was going on there, and according to Fisher, he said that we haven't had any guys opt out, we've had guys mispractice for different reasons and different things but he's still with our team. Sometimes we take time to reflect different things. Oz is still on our team and still on our roster. Biggest thing, Elijah Blades originally had opted out, but then he said he would forgo the 2020 season and head for the NFL draft. So there still isn't an opt-out player just yet. The biggest thing you got to know about opt-out, opt-out means that you still retain your rights to go to the NFL draft, or come back for another season. When you don't opt out and you just say, I I am electing not to play this year and prep for the 2021 NFL draft, whole different story. With Osbin, this is a guy who, in my opinion, and I've said this multiple times, it is the crushing blow if you do not have Osbin. He has been the mainstay of the Aggies offense in all three years that he's been a starter. He has been Mr. Consistent alongside your quarterback in Kellen Mond, who you're hoping for to be the correct and the, the best version of himself in 2020. And he's pretty much the mainstay at what you want at a position that is turning the league around. When you look last year at how LSU won the national title, it was through the year. Yeah, they had some good runs with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, they had some good runs with their backup running backs. Yeah, you could rely a little bit on short intermediate passes, but you relied on Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall getting downfield and setting the tone in that game to set records. Not just records in passing yards, not just records in passing touchdowns, but records in yards per game. They were that dominant because they had an arsenal that was molded really well together, but more importantly, trusted their instincts that they were going to be able to make plays on a consistent level. Guess what? That's what you want with a guy like Osmond. And with Courtney Davis and Kendrick Rogers, both of whom left last season for the NFL draft, and Cameron Buckley, who suffered a season-ending injury before the year even began, you're going to rely a lot on freshmen. You're going to rely a lot on younger talent who you're not sure may or may not pan out. You got to rely on Dylan Wright. You got to rely on DeMon Demas. You got to rely on Chase Lane, on Jalen Preston, Cam Brown, Musa Muhammad III, potentially. You got to rely on all these guys to really step up and be impact players early on in their careers. Guys, this episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now, I know you've heard all of the talk and the rumors about Built Bar in the past, but what if I told you it only gets better? Not only have they improved their overall flavors to make them more delicious, but they've added to their 12 original flavors, 6 new flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, and Carrot Cake. Now, they're great for the health conscious guy, someone like myself who loves to get something in his body before a workout, but they're also just really great tasting. They're made with 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew to where it's more like a nougat center instead of a you know, protein pack center. But they are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. My favorite flavor of all time has always been the peanut butter flavor. And it has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs, you can't find a product like this anywhere else and you can't get deals like what we can offer you here at Locked On Aggies. With your chance to win a free cooler with every purchase, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. If you're lucky, you'll also get a free cooler while supplies last. Now go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next Built Bar purchase. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, nba and highlight information to get you geared up throughout your fantasy football season subscribe on itunes listen on spotify if you can't do any of that listen live on lockedonpodcast.com. so let's talk about the offensive line this year this is going to be i think the the entire unit that decides a m's fate now this is a veteran unit i mean you look at this team and what you see you're losing one starter But you also have a guy who's played multiple positions coming in to likely take the place of Colton Prater up the middle, and that would be in Ryan McCullum. So now together, you have Dan Moore Jr., you have Carson Green as the bookends, you have Jared Hawker, you have Kenyon Green playing that guard position, even though he was a tackle for Tascasita, and you likely have McCullum coming in to play that center role. And this is where you look at this unit. Last year, Green came in and was an immediate starter. You have Hawker, who's been a starter for 23 games over the past three seasons. You have um, Green and Moore, both have been starters since their junior years. And uh, Green actually got some reps during his sophomore season as well. So, this is a veteran unit. And veteran units have to play up to that level. That's the biggest thing. You look at some new teams. I mean, okay, like Alabama, they lose their offensive line every year. They always keep at least one or two members. And because of that, they benefit from it. LSU, they're pretty much going flat. They have one returning right tackle for their team going into 2020. Everyone else went to the draft. Everyone else was graduated. Everyone else was done. You look at that year that Arkansas was very successful when they had the number one offensive line in the nation. It's because of that offensive line had been playing together for three years. And then when they all left, there was the downfall of the Razorbacks. I'm not saying A&M doesn't have the pieces to be good, but the pieces in the trenches are going to be so much more impactful this year than any other year. Of course, we've already mentioned on the show multiple times about how last year the pressure continued to get to Mon, but you could really argue it was a 50-50 battle. It wasn't all the offensive line. When you're told as an offensive lineman to block, you're told you allow your quarterback three seconds and you still fight, but that quarterback knows after three seconds, I got to get that ball out. It's my job now to get rid of this ball, to keep the offensive plays going, to work downfield, to make plays, even though I have to use my legs. Block for me, and I will still pick up first downs. You can't ask for better protection than that. And there were moments last year where AM did hold their block greatly they were fantastic on the sides they were great in the middle green last year an athletic freak really stepped up as one of the better i would say pass protectors and then there were moments where they did it there were moments where they immediately got blown back by talent and it was up to them to really have to step up and you know tell Calen, hey my bad it won't happen on the next play Green actually came and spoke to the media earlier this week, and he said that last year, facing off against a former first-round pick in Derrick Brown kind of benefited from what he knows what to look for in 2020. Here was the clip. Yes, um, Arby game. When, when we played uh, Derrick Brown, that, that, that game right there changed a lot, of, a lot of things for me. I realized that I wasn't strong enough yet, and I had to get in the weight room a lot. Because uh, Derek Brown showed me, he welcomed me into college football. <laughs> welcomed him into college football indeed. That was a great game by the Auburn Tigers, but it was a great learning moment for Green, who got to step up and see exactly what he needs to work on to build as not only a potential NFL prospect, but also as a quality player for A&M. Keep in mind that this year, Kellen Mond is closest setting couple of Aggie records in the passing yards, in uh, completion percentage, in a lot of other different categories. And for Mond, the biggest key for him to get all those to only enhance his stats, because he will pass the passing yards. He's super close. He's under 1,000 yards. Unless it's an injury, he will pass it. But besides that, the biggest thing is how much will he pass it by. The only way that can be determined is by the way the offensive line plays this upcoming season. More importantly, this is a veteran unit, and we've seen veteran units, what they do in the SEC. They know exactly what they're looking for in pass protection. They know who to circle and who to double team on the defensive line. They know who they need to pick up on a stunt formation when you see the defensive end roll out to allow the linebacker to come in through the B-gap. They know when they're pulling, they're getting the outside corner of that defensive end to make sure that his shoulder is turned away so they have no leverage when it comes to the running back. All of that matters. And when you look at what you have in that backfield with even young guys like Ache, with guys like Isaiah Spiller, Aniah Smith, Kellen Mond, if you had to throw him in Zach Calzada, you have talent back there. But the talent on the offensive line is going to factor into what is the overall talent level on the offense. You win or die by the way your team plays in the trenches. And the only, there's a few, I would say, a handful of equations where you don't. And you have to be a Russell Wilson type quarterback to be able to do that. If you're not him, you're not going to play at that level. And this is the reality of it. And unfortunately, Kellen not a Russell Wilson type quarterback. More importantly, he doesn't have Seattle Seahawks like weapons that can help him, you know, evade pressure consistently, hold the ball for six seconds, run around for ten for ten more, and then launch a sixty yard pass downfield. Yeah, he's got the arm, doesn't have the weapons to do it, and he also doesn't have possibly the touch and the poise that you want. So the offensive line can hold their duties, do their job, play well in run offense play even better in pass protection guess what a in a really good spot going into 2020 speaking of 2020 two more players will be added to our list for the top 25 players to watch for in 2020 as the aggies prepare for their matchup against vanderbilt who are they we'll be breaking down those names in just a quick moment locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network cool times here in the driver's seat talking all things texas a&m guys Make sure you're listening to us every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast kind of day. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. So we're moving on into our 25 Aggies in 25 days as the Texas A&M Aggies prepare for their battle against the Vanderbilt Commodores this upcoming month, September 26th. Game will be at Kyle Field. Kickoff is at 6.30. You can watch that game on the SEC Alternative Channel. And as we keep chugging the ride along, you know the names we've already mentioned. Coming in at number 25 was Haynes King. Coming in at number 24 was Devon Achein. Coming in at number 23 was Brian Cole. 22, Devin Morris. 21 was originally going to be Baylor Cup, but with him out for the rest of the year, I'm switching it to Caleb Chapman. And number 20 is Dylan Wright. Coming in at number 19 is going to be a surprise one for some, but I think that he's going to be a name that everyone's going to know by the end of the year. And that's Donnell Harris. Harris is another top 50 player in the national prospect spectrum. He was the big time signee coming out of Miami. He could have stayed with the U. He could have gone out west to Florida. He could have stayed down in the East Coast. Instead, he comes to Texas a and he's going to be a big time guy. Six foot four, 220 pounds of pure pass rushing skill. His numbers in high school were through the roof. It's exactly what you want to see from a player who is a quick first step, gets up field fast, has good size, great ability to shuck and shimmy out of the way of offensive tackles. I don't know what his role is going to exactly be. Is he going to be an effective just rotational blitzer? Is he going to be a name that, you know, kind of just floats around? Where does he fit in this unit? I do think that when you look early on against Vanderbilt, he's going to have a good game. This is one of those games where, okay, third quarter, you're up by about 30. Let's start putting in our second team in. Let's see what we have. Because a lot of these second team players are likely either freshmen or young talent that eventually will become starters in the 2021 season when you look at how much AM is losing next offseason. So to get a guy like Harris to come in, and say he plays really, really well. Well, now you have him paired up with Bobby Brown, potentially, for the future. You have him paired up with DeMarvin Leal for the future. You have him paired up with McKinley Jackson for the future. And you have him and Fadil Diggs, likely, on the opposite side. I don't think Diggs is the name to watch for this year. I think he's the name to watch for next year. Harris, however, has all the intangibles you want from a pass rusher in a Mike Elko scheme. That will allow him to be dangerous off the edge, against the run, win against weaker offensive tackles, left or right, and consistently add pressure in the backfield. He could be a very big time sleeper when this season's all said and done for SEC Freshman of the Year. Now, coming in at number 18, this is one that a lot of people might be even more shocked at, and he probably should be higher, but I can't right now. And it's Ryan McCollum. McCollum's a guy who has played all the offensive line at Texas A&M. He's a really solid player. He's a really stout pass blocker. He's great in run protection. He's done a good job overall making an impact at guard. He's done a good job playing a little bit of tackle. He's also been injured prone. And unfortunately, when you look at this offensive line, Colton Prater was so dangerous last year for the Aggies up the middle. That was the only reason Isaiah Spiller had any success. That run game that Prater was able to establish up the middle allowed him and allowed the run game to even salvage a little bit. I mean, this was a team that, again, we've mentioned multiple times. They had two runners who had two games where they had over 100 yards, and outside of that, there was nothing. And then by the end of the year, it was literally Aniah Smith playing wide receiver, moving into the backfield because they had to find a way to get him to play. McCollum has to be that this year. He has to come in and pick up the pieces that Prater left to keep AM's offensive line stagnant. This is the glue, in my opinion. Kenyon Green's going to be very good at guard this year. He's likely going to move to tackle next year, whether it be right or left. I like Carson Green. You know, I think that they have the pieces with Jared Hawker and Dan Moore Jr., but the reality is the center position can see everything you need to see before snap. They're in charge of looking at the defensive line, seeing where the pressure's gonna come. They can see anything from a blitz from the outside, safety rolls down, you have your cornerback rolling back, okay, safety blitz, you have to call it. You have to be in charge of getting the play and the cadence set for your offense to be successful. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It all starts with the center. They can pick up little details that Mon won't be able to see and then Mon also, if he sees it, he's got to get, get in contact with McCollum under center to make sure the play works. And then also McCollum has to work with the other offensive linemen. Hey, 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 we're changing it. We're changing it. We're going to this, this, on two. He's got to make sure his voice is the loudest outside of the quarterback. The center position is so detrimental to, I think, a quarterback's success at both the NFL level and at the collegiate level. But specifically at the collegiate level, because of if a, if a center miscues a snap guess what that's a fumble that could lead to a turnover that could lead to a a loss of downs if he's late on the snap that's a false start penalty if he's unable to pick up the blitz immediately that's pressure coming from both a gaps before the quarterback even has the ball in his hands i mean i don't mean to bring josh rosen up ever but if you ever looked at what he did in Arizona. That was how the center played. The ball would be hiked, and before Rosen could even finish his three-step drop, both A-gaps were filled with two defensive tackles making an impact and bringing him to the ground. So McCollum has to be the biggest positive on this offensive line. Kenyon Green can be something great. I think Dan Moore has to be good because he's he's the left tackle. I think Carson Green in the run game has to be special. But Ryan McCullum has to be that consistent drive when it comes to setting up plays for A&M's offense. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new five days a week show. Make sure you tune in. We'll see you then. And remember, take them y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.